Welcome back to the Effort of Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep. On today's episode, Gabe, Yanez, and I, we dive into new baby, Shay Benjamin Yanez. I was just delivered this week. Huge announcement from Gabe. We also talk about our programming shifts here at NC Fit, combining our Metcon and Extract into one awesome NC Fit workout. And then finally, we talk about Christmas music. When is it too early to start playing it? I hope you and your family are having a kick-ass week. Let's have a great episode, Gabe Yanez. Let's get it. I thought what was interesting though is just from a um we're talking about viori and viori is a clothing brand really inspired here in california and i'm wearing the jacket right now and we're not sponsored by them we're not paid by them but i thought what was interesting is it comes down from a business perspective about brand messaging and so i i get back i was traveling and i i get a few packages at the house i open up one from viori and i've never seen paper um, instead of like plastic, you know, like, you know, normally when you get apparel, it comes in like plastic bags, there's coming like paper bags, almost, it almost looked like it was a mistake. But then after I opened it, I realized that it just, it was really, it was a really good example of how, if your brand message is like, Hey, sustainability, good for the earth, et cetera, built out of recycling materials. They went as far as even their packaging to back that up. So we were talking about Viore before we started recording. I just want to say like, Shout out to them. And in particular, that was inspiring for me when I think about our brand of like little nuances that we say we're about it, but are you, are you really about it across all verticals? And that was a good example for me. I, I got inspired. The details matter, you know, like one thing that we rolled out this year that I know has been really well received and is I think a good example of what you just mentioned is like our welcome boxes for members. So our welcome boxes look good. It's like a really good looking black box. It's just a cardboard box, right? But it looks to the aesthetic that everything NC fit should always like strive to, to, to achieve. We could easily like, Hey, if you're a new member, you get a t-shirt, you get a sticker and you kind of like hand it to them, right? Like it would be easy. We'd probably save a couple bucks, but the investment and also the time, right? Cause we needed to have our design team come up with the box. We went through different iterations. We wanted it to look good. It has our branding, it has effort over everything. Like all those things take time. And I can see how some people, if you're really focused on like, Hey, getting members through the door or whatever, like it might seem like unnecessary, but the matter of the fact is the details do matter and they are necessary and you have to go above and beyond, especially because, you know, we're, we're in a much more competitive time and space now. And I think that these things, when people are looking for a high-end gym experience, these things make a difference. Um, so I think that's just a good example of, of us also, you know, walking the walk when it comes to these things. Yeah, man. I, uh, do I agree with you. I mean, I just think from a packaging perspective, I had just never seen paper. Like it was like literally like, like, like a newspaper almost, um, that was, that was around the garment. Um, well, dude, Today is actually Monday. We're we're filming. We normally record these on Thursdays, but we made a we made a slight pivot and adjustment because you had a baby, and so I guess that warranted us to to change our our recording schedule. Um, but dude, the sun's out here in Northern California. It's been raining the last couple of days. It's a beautiful, beautiful week. But most importantly, got to start off. Congratulations to you and Ariel. I am so so happy for you. You know, over the years at NC Fit, we've had a lot of different team members, friends, colleagues, and they go and they buy a house or they go and do different things. And I just, I love seeing our team thrive. And like, dude, for you guys to have a new baby boy is just so exciting for me personally. So 
congratulations first and foremost, but, uh, Dude, how's it been? You're like, uh, how, how many days are you in? You're in like a week, right? You're in a Not week. Not even a week, man. Yeah, he was born Wednesday morning last week. So okay, almost. You, yeah, he's five you're, days old. You're still fresh. Uh, oh, dude, it's fresh, man. Um, dude, it was. It, I, I, it's impossible to describe the the feeling of like it happening. The funny thing is though, so his due date was December 21st. So in my head, I was like, all right, December 21st. They say that first kids almost always come late. So in my head, I'm like, all right, due date, December 21st, probably going to come late. Perfect. He's going to be Christmas here. Christmas time. Perfect. He's going to be here yeah. the week between Christmas and, and New Year's. It's going to be a slow week. Timing's going to work out great. Like I was like, this is teed up for us perfectly. And sure enough, he decided to come the week where we had one of the biggest announcements at NC Fit. Um, I, my final project, I have been doing night school at the university of Austin. My final project is due, um, this week. So like last week was like my week to work on it. So like the busiest possible week of December, he could have came is obviously when he decided to come. So it's probably just the first of many like inconvenient surprises, but like wouldn't have it any other way that come with, with being a parent. Yeah. I mean, dude, I don't know if we should do like a whole, I would love I mean, I don't know. We don't need to talk about it necessarily right now, but I would love to uh, understand more of the details of how things occurred because we can talk about it. Well, because I, I just think like this, the the home birth idea is like so foreign to me. Uh, uh, you know, I just I, I think there's something about it that seems very like um, natural, very beautiful, a lot of great memories, but also like frightening like you know things go down you're at home and yeah, dude, it's not like you live in like some major city or something you're like miles away from like professional care well yes but it, with like to be fair the closest hospital because this is all part of like the preparation for it it's not like you know you have a home birth and you're just kind of like winging in your in your living room like we've been preparing for this for you know how long you prepare for it for nine months because it's something that we wanted to do Part of that plan is having like a very detailed, like literally on paper contingency plan of if anything, because the way home births work is you work with a midwife who's a medical professional and a home birth can only happen if there is zero signs of anything that would put baby at risk or mom at risk. If any signs come up, you go to the hospital like that. That's it. There's no like you're not like taking chances here in your living room. Like it's, if everything is normal, if everything is good, you know, you can do it here and you do it safely. But like we had on paper, a plan of, you know, nearest hospital is 12 minutes away. Like the midwife goes first, takes our IDs and insurance cards. She gets us checked in while I follow in the other car with Ariel. And once we're there, like they're ready, they know who we are. They know what's going on. Like there's like a whole like process that is in place to deal with any contingency plan. So Yes. While, you know, I think, you know, us too, when we kind of were thinking about wanting to do this, it is a little scary, right? Because, you know, you're, you're at home. It's not being in the hospital setting where, you know, if you watch stuff in TV shows or movies, like if something does go down, you can get a whole team that like rushes in and is helping, you know? Um, but with that said, you know, it's something that my wife, Ariel really wanted to do. And She's been working really hard to make sure she's taking care of herself and, and doing everything that she can do to increase the likelihood of everything being completely normal. Um, and we did have like a little bit of a, I, I wouldn't say scare, but a little bit of like a stressful situation where 
you know, her water broke on Saturday. Cause that's when I messaged you guys. I was like, Hey guys, her well, water you guys broke. bro, it's because you're like, Oh, her water broke. And I'm sitting there like, you know, trying to give you your space, like not trying to be like overly like whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm telling, I'm talking to my kids and, and Ashley, like, uh, water broke. So, you know, whatever. And then like, all of a sudden day goes by two days go by. I'm like, at this point, like, I hope nothing really bad happened like, in my head. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to butcher the explanation, but essentially what happened is sometimes the water can break, but it's not where it breaks at the bottom and like a lot comes out, but like there was a little nick in the, uh, embiotic sac at the top. So a little bit is leaking out, but the, the baby's still like perfectly covered in water. You still want to have the baby soon. Um, I think there's like a, there was a 72 hour time frame after when it happened to where like labor really had to have started. Otherwise that triggered, you know, that list of things are like, okay, now things are in a gray area. It has to happen in a hospital. So there was the stress of, because we had, you know, thought about and, and really kind of like we had envisioned how this was going to go down in our house and, and be really special. We would have been really bummed if because this happened the way it happened, we would have had to have gone. It still would have been amazing, I'm sure. But there was stress and like, hey, like labor has to get started here. So there was like two days, like all day Sunday, all day Monday of essentially us like, for lack of a better word, like twiddling our thumbs, like, you know, everything she felt. I was like, is that a contraction? And it, it wasn't. It, and that got a little stressful. But luckily, Tuesday morning, things started happening. And by Wednesday morning, baby was here and it was all good. And it was like easily the most incredible experience of my life so far oh yeah dude oh man you know it's it's funny the way life works right you have this like beautiful vision of like how things are gonna go down and uh it, it in general it doesn't always go that way you know i remember with ava i had like this vision in my head of exactly how it was gonna go down you know we we, we were in the hospital and more conventional or I don't, maybe who even knows which one's more conventional because one's been done for generations and one's newer technology. Anyways, the more modern day approach, let's just say. And uh, dude, we thought all was good. And then it went, it it, it didn't go, you know, it, it, we, she had to have an emergency C-section and, and it just didn't go to plan. Um, but hey man, you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches and then make it work. And then all of a sudden, baby's here and you're thriving. So congratulations, man. It's great. Thanks, Please. man. Thanks. That's what the five days have been just rolling, rolling with the punches. It's funny. Sleep hasn't been too bad. Um, he, he's been pretty, pretty good. Uh, the one night that we got zero sleep had nothing to do with him. He slept through the night. We had a crazy Texas thunderstorm out here, which for anyone that lives in Texas, like it literally feels like the world is about to end. And our dog has the worst anxiety with loud noises so it wasn't even the baby. The baby was sleeping. I'm over here like trying to keep like our 60 pound pit bull off the bed because the baby's on the bed. And that was the night that we got like zero, zero sleep. But it was just ironic and funny that it had really nothing to do with the baby. We would have gotten the same amount of sleep had the baby not been there just because like the dog like freaks out. Like she just like is in full panic all night and doesn't let you sleep. So that was just a little funny. Well, dude, if you've been rolling with the punches the last week, you'll be rolling with the punches the next. Oh yeah, you no, know, forever. I mean, dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm we're rolling with the punches every single day with with our two kids. Um, but hey, I, I can't wait to hear more and more stories. See how things are going. I'm glad Ariel is doing well. Um, and uh, yeah, what a what a what a what a really interesting. Like, I don't think 
I, man, to make full commitment to doing it at home. I mean, dude, it's like, cause now you're gonna have all those memories of like being there and things like that. And I'm sure there's a lot of like details, like where do certain things go after they come out? I, I don't, I don't even know if I want to get into those questions, but like, dude, like I just, uh, yeah, at the hospital, they kind of shield you from all like those, like other things, you know, like it's kind of like, ah, just kind of goes yeah. away, but at home, you got to dispose of all these different things. And oh man. Yeah, man. I mean, big shout out to the team that we worked with. So that the midwife and doulas that we worked with, because it was incredible how like supportive they are. And also like afterwards, because afterwards, like once baby's born, like you get time with mom and baby, once everyone's healthy, like we're all hanging out in the room and dude, like you would have come in here an hour after and it would have seemed like nothing happened. Nothing. They, they put a load of laundry in, they push the dishes in the dishwasher. They literally clean the house. All the garbage gets taken out. Like it, it was a really cool experience. And it's, it's, I know that that obviously could feel like a concern. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Like where does all that stuff go? But honestly, like you would have, you would have walked in and been like, there's nothing happened here. There's just a baby now. So it was, it, it wasn't, what maybe a lot of people think, but Hey man, you know, it, it's a super personal decision. And I think that, you know, no matter how people go about it, like that's awesome. And I'm super pumped to be a dad. I can't wait to talk about all kinds of dad stuff with you, you know, on a, on a fitness, um, on a kind of fitness related note, one thing that, that I've been trying to do, and I'd planned this beforehand. So, you know, I'd share with you that, you know, I was really trying to like change my body composition over the past, you know, six, nine months. I think I've been like pretty successful, honestly, in my goal. And it's been great, a great experience. But I had planned to, you know, I was doing a lot of um, NCX and NC Metcon workouts leading up to this, because right now I'm at the point where I was like trying to cut down. So, you know, for that stuff, metabolic conditioning, like Metcon workouts are great. High intensity training, you're burning a lot, you're using a lot. Um, so that's kind of the training I've been doing. Now that um, Shay is here, my son, I'm shifting training to a shifting my expectations. I know I'm not going to get out there as much. I'm happy if I get out there three times a week for, you know, 45 minutes and I can sneak out, you know, he, he sleeps a lot right now, but I think shifting my expectations has been huge. And we talked about this before, you know, if I had gone into this thinking that I was going to be able to work out as much as I was before, I'd be setting myself for disappointment. Um, and the other thing that I shifted is like, at least for like two, three weeks, I'm going to kind of stay away from the high intensity stuff. I'm just going to really lean into bodybuilding, go out there, have fun. There's so much stress that's happening with like, you know, taking care of this baby, not sleeping enough, that it would be silly of me to try and keep intensity as high um, while getting a lot less recovery and having a lot more stress, even though I might not realize it. And I'm also no longer in a caloric deficit, which I think is important. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize being in a caloric deficit, so like dieting, whether you're doing that through intermittent fasting or counting your calories or you're doing anything to lose weight is a stressor. And it's not a good idea to be doing that when you're also high stress outside of what you're doing nutrition-wise. That doesn't have to mean that you just became a parent. That could mean that you started a new job. It could mean that it's a super stressful you know, time during the holidays, whatever. It's not a good time to combine being in a caloric deficit. So because I've been counting my macros, it's relatively easy for me to kind of like, you know, pull those levers, but I immediately changed my nutrition to where now I'm eating a little bit over maintenance, not enough that I'm going to like gain a whole bunch of weight because that's also not something I want to do, but definitely enough to where I'm like giving my body plenty of fuel 
and not stressing it from a nutrition perspective, also not really stressing it from a fitness perspective, because I have plenty going on with completely new sleep schedule and, you know, a completely new tiny human being that I have to take care of. So that I feel, whether it's placebo effect or whether it's actually doing what it's supposed to be doing, I feel like it's felt helped me cope really well with these first five days because I knew I was like, yeah. as soon as he comes, I'm going to make those two shifts. And based off everything I know, it should help me feel a lot better with the changes that are happening. Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, it's interesting what you're saying makes total sense. Um, I, I probably, I, I think it's great advice. I, I, I would be, that's really hard for me. Like, you know, hearing like, Hey, you know, you have these stressors. So, you know, maybe lower the intensity a little bit that, you know, for me, I just go out there. I just ramp it all the time. Go, but go, I think, yeah. I, I, yeah, I know, dude, I, I just got one speed out there. So, but I think that makes total sense. So that's, I, I like that advice, especially with the caloric deficit. Uh, actually speaking of which, so in front of me, I have my <laughs> dad's, my dad's secret, my dad's secret, uh, go-to these are raw almonds with, um, they're like Persian raisin, the raisins are just like bigger raisins. Yeah, and dude, bro, I'm telling you raw almonds, sometimes he'll roast them, but raw almonds with some raisins. And it's like a three to one ratio of almonds to, to raisins, dude. It's just like this perfect, like snacking food, great energy. I just have it right here. I was thinking about calorically, dude, you could have this and you don't even realize how many calories you're taking it. Cause you can just shut this thing down. It's dense. It's dense. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about really quick, uh, not related to, you know, the new little human being in my life. So um, we've been sending out this B2B newsletter um, that I, I love writing every two weeks. I love sending it out. And one thing that I thought was interesting that I wanted to share and talk about a little bit was on the one that went out two weeks ago, it would be three weeks to when this episode comes out. I talked about going to Orange Theory and a couple of things that I thought they did really well. Um, and I know you're a big believer of this too, but for any gym owners and coaches out there, I think this is useful advice because sometimes you get stuck in this echo chamber of, well, I'm a CrossFit coach or I'm a functional fitness coach or I'm a group class coach. And, you know, we almost look down on some of the other, you know, gyms that are out there, some of the other training methodologies. And while I completely agree that the type of training we do is superior to the, like what else is out there, that's why we do it. There's always something you can learn from these other gyms and other businesses that are out there. And I think that opening your eyes to those experiences, checking them out, signing up for different free trials, there's so many things you can learn. I mean, the amount of stuff that I learned from just signing up for a free trial class at an Orange Theory, taking the class, and I, I still get text messages from them. And it's been really good to see because I know that what they're doing is a system, right? Because that's one of the advantages that a, a, a chain like Orange Theory has. Like they have someone up top because they're a franchise that really knows what they're doing when it comes to marketing and sales that is saying, hey, here's the playbook for you as an Orange Theory franchise. So you know that the emails that you're getting, the text messages you're getting have been vetted by someone that knows what they're doing. Does that mean that that's exactly what you have to do for your gym? No, we're not going to do exactly what they do at NC Fit. But there's a lot to learn there. There's something to learn about the cadence of communication they go out. Yeah. How much is the too much or too little? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What they're using, they're not just emailing me. I've gotten phone calls. I've gotten text messages. And I've gotten emails. And the interesting thing about the phone call, let me, you'll find this interesting, is 
because me and Ariel both took the class and we both signed up, they called us on the last day of November because they were doing a promo. I forgot what the promo was. It was something, it was like a free month, a free week. There was some discount, but they were literally, I could tell going down a list of everyone that's taking a free trial class and calling them about this promo in the, like the PM of the last day of November, because I got called and immediately after Ariel got called. So I know that there's someone sitting there with a phone and a list of leads, like slamming the phones, calling everyone. And I know for a fact that that's not something that a lot of gym owners are doing. And should we be doing that? Should we be taking that approach? Again, maybe not necessarily, but it just goes to show you like Orange Theory is doing something that works. And if that's the kind of approach that they're taking to make sure that, hey, last day of this promo, I got to make sure everyone that has come in and taken a class and not signed up yet is hearing about this through an email, through a text message and a phone call. I think that says something about an opportunity for even us at NC Fit, how we can do better. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, I do think at times we we live in our own echo chamber. And I also think like, with I think we subconsciously shit on other methodologies and other like businesses without like really wanting to. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, for example, a lot of people shit on the Globo Gym. You know, I got started at the Globo Gym and then they shit on Orange Theory, F45. Like, oh, that stuff is whack, blah, blah. But it's like, dude, you could you could have your own personal bias and say that you don't like yoga, for example, or you don't like jujitsu, you don't like something, but you should really experience it. And there's a lot to learn from the business side. Even if you're not down with like the fitness modality of Orange Theory, you think it's more too aerobic based, or maybe you think it's too repetitive or whatever you think about that. There's so much we could handle from like a, like just from a business systems perspective, because they have what hundreds, if not, I don't know how many thousands locations they have, but because they're on a franchise model, they have, you know, proven numbers across the board of what's working and what isn't because they're getting data from all of these locations. So I, I, th I still think there's a lot for us to learn also from the conventional gym. Like, dude, when I, when I was coming up in the, in, at uh, Milpitas Health and Fitness, every single day, the owner of the gym would call and ask two things, what's gross and what's EFT every day. And we would have a whiteboard. This is a, a, a um, notebook or whatever. And every day, every sale that we got, we'd put down the membership person's name, how much was the gross sales and how much was the EFT? And it was just like on a piece of paper. That was old school. We also probably had it digitally too. But he wanted to know, you know, how much additional top line revenue came into the gym that day and what on dues could he be expecting for the future? And those were the type of things that were really important to him. And I, I just don't think enough owners in our space are, are thinking through that lens. And I think if you spend some time at other gyms, you'd, you'd learn from there. You'd learn at, at minimum, you'd also learn what you don't like. For example, I uh, I recently went to a jujitsu gym and dude, they've been hitting me up left and right. I think it's a little bit over the top versus maybe I go to another one. It was too little. They never even followed up with me. So anyways, that's just an example of go try a local gym, go try something different. And if nothing else, you'll learn something you don't want to do in your business or maybe you do. Yeah. The biggest thing that I took away from the whole thing, and then we can move on. I included this in the newsletter, but anyone that doesn't subscribe to it, the uh, she was the assistant um friend the assistant studio manager who was clearly the person that was like there she received us she was the one that would get a commission off of us signing up or not like that was her job it was very clear that that was her role and we went for a sunday morning class we actually went to an orange theory in austin the weekend of, of the rogue invitational 
And she took class with us because it was Sunday morning. It was like the, the first class they had available on Sunday morning. So it was like a little lighter. They still had like 12, 13 people in there, but it definitely wasn't like a packed studio. So she took class with us. She was right next to us. Um, I appreciated the fact that she was like right next to Ariel, who at the time was like 33, 34 weeks pregnant, kind of keeping an extra eye on her. But she brought in the studio phone to work out and she had it on her the entire time. So she's doing her workout and she has the studio phone on her. And at one point the phone rings in the middle of her workout and she runs outside to take the call. And, you know, think about any like CrossFit affiliate, functional fitness gym owner. Who is having the phone on them while they do fight gone bad? And in the middle of round two, if that thing rings, they're stopping retesting their favorite benchmark to go answer the phone. I would say nobody. And if there are, it's very few people. And I would assure you that those few people are doing well with their business. And it's, it, it just goes to show you that, do you have to be that maniacal about answering your phone? You know, no, you can probably have systems in place to make sure that if you're not responsible for answering the phone while you work out, someone else is, or it's getting routed to a coach. There are systems that you can do. But that to me was just so, like that was the biggest maybe thing that stood out that I would never expect to see at an affiliate. Um, and I think it speaks volumes to why, you know, some people might not be getting the leads or sales that they want to get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way it goes, man, someone's going to call your gym and then immediately call the next gym. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Um, or send you a lead and immediately, you know, go to the next one. I think that's, that's what we talk about. We check our numbers on a regular basis. So um, on a, on an unrelated note, talking about testing fitness, I was having a conversation uh, the other day with Jimmy Letchford, he is, he's, he, he's, he's with GoRuck now and he's worked for a variety of different companies in the past we've worked with and GoRuck, obviously, in my opinion, I think they make by far, by far, by far the best rucks. Uh, their shoes are really great. I'm wearing some of them right now. Um, but we were talking about sandbag training. And so what I'm excited to try today, I've never done this before. I'm excited to try today is to take a hundred pound sandbag. I'm going to take it with me to the jujitsu gym and I am going to incorporate it into a workout with jujitsu. And I'll report back next week on how it goes. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing today. And I'm really excited about it. I think that it's important, whether it's your goals or my goals for me, like, dude, I get after it all the time. I do a lot of fitness and it's important for me to kind of switch it up every now and then have some fun with different things. Like the other day we posted about uh, box squat thrusters. I had never done those before and it was nice to switch it up. But today, something I'm going to do, I'm going to take this sandbag and my mentality going into it is going to be that I'm going to take it there and I want to make it hard. So I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I'm going to report back on what that is. I think it could be like a five minute round followed by a one minute hold or like, I don't know. I, I don't know yet. Maybe, maybe one minute max, like ground to overhead with the sandbag immediately into a five minute round, but I'm, I'm going to test it out because I had never thought about bringing a sandbag to a jiu-jitsu gym. But one of the reasons why I like the idea is that you don't have to worry about the mats. So typically in most jiu-jitsu gyms, right, it's all matted out. So you can't really have dumbbells and drop them. It's kind of weird. You can't have barbells, kind of weird. And also if someone accidentally hits into them, it's a huge, obviously liability, but the sandbag is kind of a different implement that you could have on the mats in the corner. And I don't think it's a big deal. So I'm going to report back to that, but from a fitness perspective, that's what I'm excited about right this moment today. I'm doing that yeah. in like an hour. 
Yeah, I mean, I spoke about this last week on the podcast. Sandbag has been a huge tool for me. I, I, I love them. I think if you do the bear hug hold on your rest between rounds, that could be a good place to start because the, the bear hug hold on the sandbag is deceiving, man. You pick that up and it's not like, you know, 100, it's not super heavy. But once you get like to that point where your back starts to like really fatigue, oh boy. But I know you like static holds a lot, so you might do really well with that. But I, I would start with that. Dude, I, yeah. And, you know, but that's part of this whole fitness journey is like, you know, I go out there, I hit our daily class on a regular basis. I, I do different things. It's just finding ways to kind of, you know, things that I'm excited about for that day, for that moment. And um, that's also the way that, you know, I've been able to stay consistent over the last, you know, 20 years is, you know, it, come in, find a class, find a community. I think that's goal number one. But then also like listen to your body and see what you're excited about and then try and tailor your training a little bit towards that, at least a few days a week, if that's something you're interested in. Like if you're into cycling, add that in once or twice a week. It's a nice way to stay fresh and stay fired up. That's also a nice way to make sure that the fitness that you're use, that you're building in the gym, you're using for something, right? You're not just fitness for the sake of fitness, which yeah. if you're doing that, you know, if you're trying to be competitive and climb the leaderboard in the sport of fitness. That's great. I did that for a while. Jason's CrossFit Games champion. So he obviously did that for a while, but I think that, you know, to get to the point where you're, you know, really working out to be able to do all these other things outside the gym is, is rewarding in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I got to tell you also, so today's Monday, this last Saturday, we had a holiday party here at the gym and we haven't had one in a while because of COVID and whatnot. And um, for any gym owner listening, I, I think that we were debating in our head of how hard to go, meaning like we've done all kinds of stuff at this gym. We've had formal events where we, you know, rented out ballrooms and tuxedos. We've done, uh, you name it, we've done it. And I think that where we're at after all these years is now settling back into a little something more organic. So this year we just did a potluck. People bring in foods that mean something to them. And we provided drinks, but people also brought drinks that were meaningful to them. And dude, it was just a great, great event. I, I think that if you're a gym owner and you're debating about what you want to do for the holidays, I do think the potluck was a really good idea because people can kind of bring something that was like, there was storytelling along with the food too. So someone brought something that culturally was important to them or, or whatever, or egg rolls that were from their favorite place and created a conversation between the different members. And we had members from different gyms come. So it was a nice way for them to connect with each other. And then not to mention when people bring their favorite drinks, like, dude, we have one member, she brought these super good old fashions and man, it was like, it was the talk of the town. And so it's just a great way to create conversation. So I thought the potluck was a really good way to do it. It was very affordable from NC Fit, and it was just a nice way to connect people. Um, obviously, we just you know outfitted the gym, designed it a little bit, and that was about it. That's fun, man. That's super fun. Um, obviously, not in the Bay Area, probably wouldn't have been able to make it anyway. But um, bummed yeah. that I missed it. But I I love when the team gets together. It's a really cool community we have out there. So it always ends up being super fun. Yeah, but if you're in the Bay Area, you gotta stop by one of the gyms. You know, we had. We had like a hundred people um, at the holiday party, which wasn't, I mean, it's a fraction of our membership base, but it was still, it was like a hundred people who really wanted that right now. You know, like, like there's a need for this connection and there's a need for getting together. And I think that the people who came really got a lot of value out of it. And, and, and so did I, you know, I got a lot of value out of that too. So we're going to continue to do more and more events and build the momentum back behind them, just like we do with the fall flex off. Another thing I, I think is very well worth talking about. So when this comes out, if you're listening to this podcast, you had to have gotten an email, seen a video on social, 
like you, you should know that there's a big change coming for our programming next year. And I know we've talked about it at nauseum, but I think it's worth talking about it again, just in terms of like, how did this change come to be and why are you so excited about it? Yeah. So uh, for, I, I talked about this actually on Kafa Kalipa this week, um, which is the idea of never settle. And the idea of never settle is one of our core values here at NC Fit is this idea that like, if you're good today, you're not going to be good five years from now. It's just the way it goes. Like everything evolves, everything grows. And we needed to evolve and we needed to grow our programming here at NC Fit. So historically, we've had two programs, NC Metcon, NCX. NC Metcon was a little bit more complex. NCX is a little bit less complex in terms of variety of movements. And long and short of it is we believe the best path forward for our gym and all gyms is one class, two athlete journey. So essentially, we're going to have one class offering. It's going to be called the NC Fit Workout. People who are part of the NC Fit Collective can name it whatever they want with two different journeys, journey on the left and journey on the right. Like for, we're gonna call it performance and fitness. Performance is gonna incorporate a little bit more of those complex skills. You might see handstand pushups, you might see squat snatch, et cetera. Fitness will not incorporate those. There's a there's a kind of like a ceiling of movements that'll be incorporated in fitness and a different ceiling in performance. But they're still gonna match similar time domains. They're still gonna be very similar workouts. And in many days, not all days, many days, they might actually be the exact same workout. It, it, it might work for both. An example would be, let's just say the workout was a 10 minute AMRAP of, you know, I don't know, 10 wall balls and, and, and burpees or something along that nature that could work for both audiences. But if that workout was, you know, uh, overhead squats and something else, we would adjust that to a front squat for the perform for the fitness version. And so our, our goal is to basically meet athletes where they're at, give the ones that want to go and try these more complex skills, give them something to aspire towards and have them seat on the board, but then also provide people who maybe don't necessarily have a desire to do those skills and, or, um, you know, aren't prepared to do that that day. There's some days I walk in the gym, I'm not feeling overhead squats. So boom, let's go for the fitness version. And I think what's really exciting for me is that when, when some of our members give us feedback on our workouts, there's some that look at it. And if they think that they can't do that skill, that skill, that skill, they just don't come in that day. Now they literally see, they don't understand that you could scale anything. So when they see a workout with handstand pushups and overhead squats, they just don't come in. Instead, they're going to be able to see two versions of our workout. And one of them at a minimum is going to be inclusive so that they could feel fired up and ready to come in. Then obviously the coach needs to adjust it further to make sure they have a phenomenal experience. But yeah, if you're a part of the NC Fit Collective or RGMs, like we are super excited about this change. Um, I think it's gonna be a great solution for us and other gyms out there. Yeah, man. And I'm super fired up because, you know, it's, it's, it's an evolution where it's also not just RX and scaled, right? Like we've gone away from that terminology for a long time for, you know, reasons that I think are, are, have been obvious to us and like not creating this, like, you know, two tiered approach to coming into the gym clicky, like you're either doing it RX or not like the unnecessary pressure of like doing workouts as prescribed. So we've moved away from that terminology for a while now. And I think that this is an evolution to that in that, you know, like for me, for example, from like a, what I'm able to do, I would never necessarily for our program, at least need to, to, to scale, you know, in quotes, scale or adjust our workouts. I would never really need to, but to your point, like I'm probably never going to do overhead squats or squat snatches again in my life. Like I'm just not, you know, like it bugs my shoulder, it bugs my elbow and I can look the way I want to look, feel the way I want to feel 
without ever doing those movements. And that's perfectly okay for me. So if I come in or if I'm looking at the app, because I'm, I'm obviously not in the Bay Area and you know we're doing a crazy overhead squat workout or squat snatch workout, but I can hit the same workout with hang power snatch and you know some movements that I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling that day. That's such a much better experience than feeling like, well, I have to adjust the workout to which to your point, then I probably just won't do it. I'll probably cherry pick, find something else or you know whatever, but I won't do that workout that day where now I can. And I think that that is going to not only help our collective gyms, who I know have people that fall into the same bucket as what I just described, but also I know there's a lot of people that follow our app that follow under that same bucket. And I think it's going to give everyone like two really good choices to get after it every single day, regardless of where you're at, not just ability-wise and fitness-wise, but also just what you're feeling that day. Yeah. And like, you know, at NCX, these like linear progressions were really popular for us. And so we're bringing linear progressions along with a little bit more of this complex skill uh, for both programs. And, you know, I think, you know, it's a good lesson for, for me because ultimately what was happening in our gyms too is like we were dividing our, here's, here's something I think as a gym owner, I didn't think about. If we, by design, created an NCX and NC Mecon class with two different, um, like, uh, avatar of athlete in mind, one that maybe wants a little bit more complexity, one that maybe doesn't, one that's more strength and conditioning, which I still think, you know, is a phenomenal option for many people. And one that has this wider depth. But when you have these two different programs, and you enroll a member, if they categorize themselves as more of an NCX athlete, they're not really interested in these other things. Or maybe they categorize themselves as a Metcon because they want those complex things, and they don't want NCX. What was happening is that when you look at our class schedule, it ended up bringing 50-50, 50% Metcon, 50% X. And I thought about it for a minute. If let's just say you and I are on a call and you start becoming a new member of the gym, I say, hey, I think you'd be, you'd love our NCX class. It's phenomenal. Now, all of a sudden you're looking at our class schedule and we're only accommodating your needs 50% of the time. When both workouts are excellent, both serve, a, both can be tailored for anybody. But I didn't realize at the time that if, if we were getting somebody on the NCX track by design, they're also only allowed to visit 50% of our classes. Now they could go to any of them, but if they kind of categorize themselves as a Metconner or an Xer by design, we kind of segregate, we kind of separated out our community. And I just, I hadn't thought through that lens when we were initially kind of creating the model years and years ago. So I'm glad to solve that problem because um, now any member could go to any class for the same experience we have these two different journeys. So if on one day you, you before, if you hit a Metcon, the next day you hit an X, you could have hit two of a very similar type of workout. Now we don't have to worry about that problem anymore. So for our gyms, it's going to be a phenomenal solution. We sent out communication. Everybody was like, yeah, makes sense. All good. So now we just got to you know report back in early January and see how the feedback is after people start actually seeing the programming come to life. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when I first not when I first started, when I first started, I took over a corporate location, but when I first took over the collective for NC fit, you know, ever since I've been taking calls with gym owners, a big piece of feedback or just something that people definitely asked about and wanted was they love the fact that we have these two programs, but it would be so much more convenient for them to, to run in parallel for the exact same reason that you just mentioned, right? Like they love that there's this strength and conditioning track and this, you know, uh, more GPP track. But can I take the Tuesday of NCX and slot it into the Tuesday of NC Metcon if I don't like that NC Metcon? And my answer was always like, 
you know, most of the times, yes, but you kind of have to look. There might be a lot of squatting on that Monday for MC Metcon, and then you're taking a squat-heavy Tuesday of NCX, so it might not work. We're eliminating all that for the gym owner because, I mean, the whole point of the collective is to save them time, to make their life easy, to take the thinking away from what they're doing for their members, and this does exactly that. You still have the two programs. You still have one that is moderate complexity, one that's high complexity, except now, even if you wanted to just run one track for a month and run another track for another month, or even week by week, you can 100% do that and not have to ever worry about, well, we did a lot of this last week. Are we going to do a lot more of it this week? Because now they are programmed in parallel. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we will report back on this you know, in February, but so far the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. And I, I just think, again, it's one of those examples of like never settling, questioning what we're doing, asking ourselves, is this working? Is this the best way to deliver? And even if financially you're successful, or even if you're you're successful, the question becomes like, could we do it better? And if we can do it better, we have to pursue that. And that's ultimately what we're doing by combining the programs is providing a solution that we believe is going to be better for our gyms, which in turn, I, I believe will be better for other gyms too. And um, now it just comes, you know, honestly, like the pressure's on us to execute as it always is. So, you know, we have a great team here at NC Fit and I'm confident they're going to execute, but the message is out, the word is out. And now we just got to go out there and go put out the, the the plan. If you have not checked out the 2023 Outlook doc, I mean, it's 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 like, honestly, it's like artwork. Uh, it's, we'll link it, it in the show notes. Dude, we should be we should be like framing that and putting it in our office here because I just think it looks so nice, um, the work that the team did on that. So 2023 Outlook document, it's going to be in the show notes. It is really something special. If you're a gym owner, you, you got to make sure you check that out. At least see what we have going on. Even if you're not part of the collective, just kind of take ideas from it. Yeah. And to give a little bit more context there, Jay, so the 2023 Outlook document, we put this out every year. It's essentially our year blueprint for what is going to come up in the programming for the entire year. So obviously it's not a year of workouts, but what it is, is a bird's eye view of what are we focusing on every two months? What trends are you going to see? How are we going to deal with strength? What benchmarks are you going to see and when? What did we learn from past years and are applying it to this year? And you can get all that information. It's a super in-depth document. Again, we'll link it in the show notes. You should definitely check it out. Whether you're a collective gym owner and haven't seen it yet, no brainer. If you're a gym owner, even if you're not considering the collective, I don't know why you wouldn't, but even if you're not, like take a look at the level of detail and the thought that goes behind that programming, because it might give you some inspiration if you're programming on your own, or it might even give you some feedback to give the programming provider that you do use that, hey, you know, this is good tool to have. So I know what's coming up for the year. Obviously, you should just sign up for us. But regardless, you should be looking on this document. It's free. It's accessible. Just grab it. And even if you're an app user and you're love geeking out about programming and really know what's coming, you want to plan your training for the year, I guarantee you that there's no other functional fitness program out there that you can follow on an app or subscribe to the program on Wattify that you're going to know, hey, what cycles am I hitting? What am I looking at for an entire year? So check that out, especially if you like geeking out about programming. MDB and the team do a phenomenal job, and there's so much value in that document. For sure. For sure. Hey, I got a, I got a random question. How early, how soon is too soon for uh, Christmas music? Can, oh, can dude. You... I was playing it like immediately after Thanksgiving. Ariel yeah. says that that's too soon, but I'm I'm like chomping at the bit as soon as I can. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, 
we finally got a tree, which, and so we had a big breakthrough with Ashley where in years past for Christmas, she is like, she is like dead set that it's her tree. And then the kids get little trees. And that's just the way it goes. It's like, this is my tree. I'm going to, I'm going to do it the way I want it. And then the kids get these like little tiny trees. Like they're like, you know, whatever in their room or next to the other tree, whatever. But this year I finally got her convinced to like all come together and like, like actually like, you know, put ornaments on the tree together. And it was a big breakthrough. It was a big moment, but dude, we've been rocking the Christmas music. I'm not like a huge Christmas music fan, but it does kind of put you in this mood for the next, like, you know, couple of weeks leading into Christmas. So I was just curious your thoughts. I mean, the, the, the kids in Ashley, they love Christmas music, oh, big man. breakthrough yesterday at the tree, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been rocking it today. Yeah. After Thanksgiving, man, Christmas music until the new year. Dude, I put and on and then we're, and then we're back to Spanish music. Dude, hey, what was that? What was that playlist called again? <laughs> cleaning kit, cleaning kit in Espanol. Dude, oh my gosh, I was on a boat. I don't know where I was at, but I put on cleaning kit in Espanol. I was on a boat, like I, I don't know. I, I think I was in Mexico, and I was on a boat. And dude, I put that on, and it was just perfect. Everybody on the boat was like. You know, it's the best playlist ever. I was like, yeah, you know, it's buddy referred me to it. So cleaning <laughs> kit in Espanol and on Spotify, right? On Spotify, yes. Flawless yeah. playlist. Hey. Um, well, dude, we will be out at uh for gym owners who are going to Wadify or for Wadapalooza. We are we will be out at Wadapalooza. So make sure to come see us there. Uh make sure to check out the show notes for the 2023 Outlook document. Uh, you know. And uh, yeah, basically all I got to say is congratulations to Gabe and the family. You know, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive week for him. And uh, dude, it's like the beginning of a whole new chapter, man. It's going to keep your life very exciting uh, for a very, 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 very long time. <laughs> so already does already does. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad we got back on the mic. Um, thank you everyone for listening and yeah, all done. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll catch up with you again next week. Let's go. Mm-hmm.